Welcome to Bardstown Church of God audio sermons. We hope that this teaching will bless you. Share with us how God is moving in your life and how this message impacts you by visiting us online at bardstowncog.com. Are you ready? It's time for the word. I believe I'll complete it today is this Living the Dream series. And so I'll preach the last part, uh, and that is part four. And I want to do that today. I want to share something with you before that I really get into this message today. Uh, Yesterday, January the 20th, my wife and I have been here with you for five years. Five years. Now, I don't, I don't know what God has in store, but I can tell you what five means. You know what five means in the scripture, in the Bible? Five means it's the number of victory. And so you can put something to it and sink your teeth into it. This is the 50th anniversary year of Bardstown Church of God. And something you need to know about 50 Sister Esseline and Brother James is that 50 means the year of Jubilee. (laughs) So could it be, could it be that this is Bardstown's, Kentucky, Church of God's 50th year, the year of Jubilee? Could it be that your pastor, it's his fifth year here, that I get to experience your year of jubilee with you and my victory with you. Amen. Give God a praise right now if you believe it might just be that way. I want you to prepare yourself, saith the Lord. Don't you doubt me. Don't you doubt me at all for this year. For I am going to do great things for you as an individual. And the church will enjoy great things this year. Because that I am God. Not because you've been good enough. Not because you've done all the right things. But because I declare this to be your year of jubilee. And the year of victory. Saith the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we bless you, Lord. Come on, just lift your hands up. DJ, play. You just worship the Lord with me. I worship the Lord. I worship the You feel that Holy Spirit, that Holy Ghost prayer language, don't you pray? Building up your most holy faith. If the Lord allows me very soon, I'll be preaching about the year of Jubilee and victory. I was talking to my son yesterday about it, and I don't know where it'll go, but I said, 
Chad, as I was telling him about it, he said, you know, David only chose five stones, but he only, he knew he just needed that one. There was a completion about it. He went and he attacked that giant. But can I tell you, I said to Chad, I said, here comes the boom. And I'm not so sure that I won't use a title for this series, Here Comes the Boom. Here comes the explosion. I don't know if you know what Jubilee means, but it means the year of celebration. It, it means the year of debts are canceled. It means that the captives are set free. It means the Spirit of God will rule and reign and, and have freedom where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. Somebody needs to get a spirit of expectancy and stop living in the past and live in the now and what God wants to do right now. <laughs> Boy, if God had told me that he was going to do what he did in the last two or three minutes, I'd have said, ooh, I can't go there today. But I'm glad that because the Holy Ghost is inside of me, it's explosive and I can't hold it when he starts moving. I've got to let my spirit go, let the Holy Ghost in me go and let him flow. Somebody needs to let the Holy Ghost inside of you go and let it flow. Let, let Him flow out of you. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. You are not to be a dam to hold up and back up all inside of yourself. But release your prayer language. Release your praise. Release everything inside of you. And let God move. This is the year of Jubilee. Declare it. Open your mouth and declare it now. Sayeth the Lord, this is the year of Jubilee. Somebody shout it out. This is the year of Jubilee. Hallelujah. Debts are canceled. Captives go free. Increase is coming. So business at hand. Living the dream. Does it sound like it might go together? Living the dream. Father, help me to preach this word today and bless these people. You encourage them. Help me to be a mouthpiece for you to deliver, to deliver what you have placed in my spirit. And it's you and not I. May you be exalted. You receive all the glory. Let me hide and let me humble myself and not be lifted up in any way only in your anointing and spirit that you elevate yourself and that God Lord you will also lift me up and lift this congregation up as your word is declared and your Holy Spirit moves inside of them in Jesus name. Would you give the Lord one more shout of praise before you seat it. Come on give him a shout. Act like you know who you are. You may be seated. Living the Dream series. I'll have I'll put up the title later later, but DJ will for you. But this is part four. We began this series by defining living the dream from a biblical perspective. We've all had people that we ask them, how are you doing? Oh, I'm living the dream. 
And sometimes it's sarcastic, sarcasm coming from them. It, it could be that they're trying to convince themselves that they're living the dream and they might be living what they consider the dream. But I'm talking about living the dream, and I've been telling you this from a biblical or God perspective. I'm living the dream for a Christian really means we're saying, I'm blessed. Can anybody say they're blessed? Now, what this really means from the Jewish thinkers is this, that they're explaining that being blessed means that they're increasing in joy and peacefulness. How many's glad that God, everything He gives you, and, and when He's moving in your life, increases your joy and your peacefulness? Amen and amen. Many people say that they are living the dream when you ask them, yet they're living the dream, they're living their dream, and they're living their dream means that they're living their dream without God. And that means that they're going to, they're living their dream is going to turn into a nightmare. Living the dream series part one was, does, if, if you remember this, and I'm going to just touch that and highlight this, means does it, does God want you in living the dream? Does God want you to live the dream? Does God want to bless you? And the answer was emphatically yes, because of Jeremiah 29 and 11, because God speaks and he says, for I know my plans. This is God talking. For I know my plans and thoughts that I have for you, saith the Lord. Plans for peace, there it is, and well-being and not for disaster, to give you a future and to give you a hope. Can I tell you, the Lord wants you to live the dream. He wants you to be blessed. Whatever you think's a disaster, God's going to turn it around for your greatest victory. Now somebody give God a shout right there. Part two of living the dream series was doing life with God. If we don't do life with God, we are absolutely doing life without Him. That's what that means. Because to live a life without Him in your life, everything around you that you see and you think you're living your dream will one day, you will spend an eternity lost forever without Him. And all you had was what you had here on earth. How many's laying up treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust do corrupt and where thieves do not break in and steal, but you're laying yourself in your treasures Treasure in your heart is all about heaven and not here in the now. That doesn't mean that God don't want to bless you. People, when you're living the dream and you're living life with God, everybody knows it, whether you are or not. Come on. They knew you pulled your car out of the garage this morning. They knew that maybe you started it up, got the ice off of it, heated it up, and they knew you had your Bible under your arm, but they've watched you year after year, week after week, go to the house of God. That's doing life with God. Your children knows whether you're doing life with God or not. They see you when you kneel down and pray. They know when you're fasting. They know how you feel about the things of God and you will not turn your back on God. You understand that he who has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of your redemption. You better live your dream right now because your kids are watching you and they'll live a dream or a nightmare based upon how you're living your life. 
And then the third part of this series, Living the Dream, was how to be blessed. We knew that that means by being a giver. Jesus said, given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall I give? No, he said, shall men give unto your bosom? And Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, I believe it is. It may be 2 Corinthians 7. But if you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. If you, if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. And yes, he's talking about money. But Jesus said, whatever you, the word of God in Galatians 6 and 7 says whatsoever you sow that shall you also reap but can I tell you when you sow uh, into ministry when you sow spiritual things uh, don't be surprised if God don't supply every need that you have according uh, to your his riches in glory by Christ Jesus his son I want to tell somebody right now it's God's good pleasure to give good gifts we learned that how to be blessed was not only by being a giver, but also by living an upright life. Living a righteous life. Not only being a hearer of the word, James says, but a doer of the word. People that are doers of the word are people that's living an upright life. They look in the scripture and they see their shortcomings. They see their sins and their failures. And they do not forget who they are, but they bow down and kneel down and seek forgiveness. We need to live the dream. Come on, somebody. You need to live the blessed life today. And if you going to be blessed. You understand Psalms 84, 11, and 12. The Lord God is a sun and a shield. S-U-N. That means that he will warm you and illuminate your life in the most darkest of times. And he is a shield and he'll protect you from every arrow that flieth by day. Every plague that comes because he is God. Come on somebody. I'm believing that God is for me and if God be for me who can be against me? I'm telling you I'm living the dream because I'm living an upright life and he'll keep blessing me that with that we live the dream and how to be blessed we live that and we do it because we know that he's coming again and finally today sermon four DJ how to keep living the dream how many wants to keep living the dream how many wants to hold on to your dream? How many wants to hold on to your blessing? I, we sung this song several years ago, and DJ, you may hold on to what you got. You got to hold on to what you got because the fire is going to get hot. The struggle is going to get real. But you got to hold on to what you got. You got to hold on to your dream. You got to hold on. I preached a sermon in... Uh, in, in Richmond just a few months ago at their 28th anniversary and it was titled The Dream is Still Alive. Come, come, somebody just help me right now to say it. The dream is still alive. What do you mean? It's the year of Jubilee. What do you mean? It's the fifth year. It's the year of victory. What do you mean? God's not finished yet. Something I said in that message is you can't kill the dreamer. Listen, if you're going to hold on to your blessings, i got two points. They're not going to be short, but it's going to be preached out of two points. Number one, if you're going to hold on to your blessing, if you're going to hold on to your dream, number one, you're going to always have to remember where your blessings came from. 
You're going to have to understand why you even have a dream. And here it is, James 1 and 17. I'm going to quote it from the King James Version, but then I'm going to break it down. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. Can I tell you, we better remember where good things come from. We better know where our blessings come from. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is coming from above. It's coming from the Father of lights. The Father who hung the stars into space and hung the sun and the moon on nothing. Can I tell you, he never changes. He's always the same. And he has Jesus living in your heart by the third person, the Holy Spirit, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You got to always remember where your blessings come from. If you ask anything in my name, Jesus said, I'll give it to you. Come on, somebody give God praise right now. You're remembering where your blessings come from. We are, we are to carry on this attitude of praise, of gratitude to God while we live the dream as the blessings come and they just keep on coming. He wants you to bless Him. You've got to tell yourself. You've got to talk to yourself. Come on, somebody. You have a talk to yourself? I mean, you've talked yourself out of a lot of things that God wanted to do because the power of life and death is in the tongue. But can I tell you, we need to talk ourselves when things are good and when things are bad. When God has blessed us and we think He's a million miles away, we're going to have to remember that God is still good. Come on, somebody. We need to be like the psalmist when he wrote the song in Psalms 103. Bless and affectionately praise the Lord, oh my soul. That's where you talk to yourself. Oh my soul and all that is deep within me, bless his holy name. Bless and affectionately praise the Lord, oh my soul. You got to talk to yourself and do not forget all of his benefits. Who forgives all thy sins? Who heals all thy diseases? Come on somebody. Who redeems your life from the pit? Who crowns you lavishly with loving kindness and tender mercy? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You got to talk to yourself and have a spirit of gratitude who satisfies your years, come on, your life with good things. Talk to yourself so that your youth is renewed like the soaring eagle. Bless and affectionately praise the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is deep within me, bless His holy name. Can somebody get on your feet? You're talking to yourself right now and you've just talked yourself into praising the Lord because you're living the dream and you're living a blessed life. You walked into this house today. You're warm and well-fed. You got able to take a bath this morning. Come on. You're in your right mind. Come on, somebody. You're in the house of God. Give God a praise. You know, I think about all the blessings and living the dream that God has blessed me with. 
And there's nothing that I have to give him. There's nothing that I have to give him because he gave it all to me. But I know what I can give him. He inhabits the praises of his people. What does that mean? He comes and he sits down in the midst of your life and in the house of God when we praise him. Come on, somebody. What do you mean? I mean, his presence shows up and the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And it says that when we praise him, that at his right hand are pleasures forevermore in his presence is fullness of joy. We are to have this gratitude of praise all the time. Job, I've just got through reading the book of Job this morning. And Job said after he had lost all of his finances, he lost everything. He was a wealthy man, lost it all. After he lost ten children and died. And his wife looking at him as he's ulcerated from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. First of all, he says, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Praise the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He tells his wife when she says, just curse God and die. He said, you speak like a foolish woman. Everything within you sometimes is wanting to give up and not bless the Lord. But can I tell you, God is still filling your life with good things. You're going to soar like the evil in the midst of even the pain. You'll soar like an evil. Come on, show this right here. Watch this. The only bird that dares to peck an eagle is the crow. The crow sits on the eagle's back and bites his neck. The eagle does not respond, nor fights with the crow. He doesn't spend time or energy on the crow. Instead, he just opens his wings and begins to rise higher in the heavens. The higher the flight, the harder it is for the crow to breathe. And eventually, the crow falls off due to a lack of oxygen. Learn from the eagle and don't fight the crows. Just keep ascending. They might be along for the ride, but they'll soon fall off. You gotta keep ascending. Allow yourself to succumb to the distractions. Keep your focus on the things above and continue rising. You gotta seek. You gotta keep soaring, right? So I want you to know something about crows. It's symbolic of death. Crows feed off of death. Crows that gets on your back, that steals your praise, is demonic. I'm gonna tell you something. It's witchcraft. I I I, I couldn't I couldn't stay there too long, Euline. But I looked, and I know within my heart because I've dealt with it. But this morning, I spent a little time reluctantly to look into witchcraft. Can I tell you, witchcraft is not something to dabble in. It's from Satan. Don't be going to no palm readers. 
You don't need to be going to some soothsayer to find out about your future or following the stars. God holds all the days in his hand of my life. He knows the end from the beginning. Why would I trust a demonic spirit to tell me something? These crows, it gets upon your back. Somebody say, I'm an eagle. I am meant to soar like an eagle. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Somebody needs to get the crow off your back. You need to get the demonic spirit off your back. You need to soar higher and higher in the presence of the Lord until he can't take it no more. Demons are going to fall to your left and your right. Every spirit of the enemy that rises up against you shall come into condemnation so I want to finish this part so I was something you need to know I looked at this and they'll take witches will take a a crow's feather they'll cast spells they'll do things sometimes when crows are showing up and they don't leave around your house it's a sign of spiritual warfare and demonic things when I was a young pastor, I didn't understand some of this stuff. I wished I had been told about some of this stuff. But on the church that we pastored, this church that we were pastoring was absolutely soaring. It was absolutely, it was amazing. I was very young and we, we was paying debt off very quickly. We were able to, to start a new building that in the, the early 90, area that we were in and that that part of 1990, 91, 92, we built almost a million dollar building plus built a parsonage that was worth almost $200,000. Can I tell you the enemy knew what he wanted to do and that was stop the move of God. It was nothing that was with me. It was a people hungry for God. And when you're hungry for God, guess what? The devil is watching it and he's planning his next move but I want to tell somebody no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that rises up against you in judgment you shall condemn but I had my first rub with witchcraft and demonic spirits at that point two crows showed up at that church property at the new building two they would not leave over five acres of property and they hung out at night in the trees in the little stream area. And every morning they would get fly out of those trees and go to the entrance, entrance door of that church, glass doors, and peck all day long. I tell you, I said, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what this is about. And I felt something. But as things began to unfold and the enemy began to fight and fought our church, fought me and my wife, can I tell you, I began to realize it was demonic when I began to see the things going around. I said, there's a witch's 
of it somewhere here close. The Lord showed me. And then just a few years later, after the enemies attacked, I the enemy attacked and those crows came and all the spirit of hell began to belch up things against the church and against my wife and I and my family and my future. The next thing that happened was that there was a man who got saved sitting in front of me that was telling me that he had been once a warlock. There was a lady who came to me after she got saved and she said, me and my witches covenant, we've been praying against you and been praying against your children, but we cannot touch your children. I want to be saved. Can I tell you, the God that I serve. Don't listen. Those crows will get on your back. And when those crows, some of you come in here today and you got those crows on your back. But it's time for you to begin to soar and speak Psalms 34 and 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. The Lord is good. Come on, come on, come on, somebody. Praise the Lord with me. Get on your feet and praise God anyhow. Can I tell you right now that church I pastored and those demon spirits showed up? Can I tell you it's alive and well today? That church, they have built more buildings, they have more money coming in, and that church is alive and well because God is alive and well. If He's given you a dream and you're living it out and you'll be thankful, He'll always bless His dream for you. So that's why Psalms 100, I've entered His gates and you and I have entered His gates with thanksgiving. We've entered His courts with praise. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth endureth to all generations. We just took the oxygen away from the devil. He's suffocating right now. Why don't you suffocate Him a little bit more in your life and soar right now. Praise Him. Praise Him. So what's What's another way how to keep living the dream? Number two, how to keep the dream. Keep living it. How to keep living the blessed life. Watch this. Be a good manager of the blessing. And take care of what you got. It's not enough to just praise God. It's serious. To manage what God has given you. Those good and perfect gifts, as DJ talked about. 1 Corinthians 4 and 2, in, in this case, moreover, it is required as essential and demanded of stewards, managers, that one be found faithful and trustworthy. How are you to manage living the dream? The blessings that God gives you. The answer is found in Matthew 25 in a a, uh, story that Jesus tells. When you read Matthew's 
Gospel chapters 24 and 25, Jesus is telling them that he's getting ready to leave. After 33 and a half years, this earth, he came as the son of man, but he was very much the God manifested in the flesh. But in view of him leaving, he said, I'm going to come back. I'm going to die for the sins. I'm going to do it through an execution of a Roman execution. I came unto my own and my own received me not. But to as many as received me, I, to them gave, I gave them the power to become the sons of God. He said, I'm going to leave. But I will come again. After he had been seen by many infallible proofs, Acts chapter 1 tells us that as he was ascending up into the heavens, after those 40 days giving his disciples instruction, the angels appeared and said, Why you, do you men of Galilee look up into the heavens? As you see Jesus leaving on this cloud, he's coming back in like manner. We read in the book of Revelations chapter 1 and somewhere around verses 5 and 6 that when he comes, every eye shall behold him. Come on, somebody. He's going away and he says, so in view of that, he said, I want you to take care of heavenly business. I'm going to heaven, but I want you to take care of the kingdom of God within you. Come on. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And we are made to set in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The kingdom of God is within us. The rule of God is within us. And everything that the kingdom has given us, uh, we need to take care of it. So here's Jesus. Matthew 25. He's talking about the kingdom of heaven in your life presently. It's not just for them, but for us. The rule of God in your life, Jesus speaks, is like this. Listen to this parable. Parable of the talents, verses 14 through the rest. I'll, I'll lead you through the rest. First, start with verse 14. Jesus said, I'm going to take a journey. Take care of what I give you. For it is just like a man who was about to take a journey. And he called his servants together and entrusted them with his, what's it, whose possessions? His. You know the God you serve, don't you? He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He owns all the taters in them hills. It's his. Whatever you got is his. That's kingdom living. That's the kingdom of God. And God's will being done in your life is when he owns it all. <clears throat> Called his servants together and entrusted them with his possessions. To one he gave five talents. Understand what this is. Speaking of silver, this is somewhere could be close to 60 pounds of silver. Worth 15 years of wages. If it was silver. If it was gold, it was more than that. Gave him five. Who's, who did it belong to? The master. The king. 
Everything you have. Think about this. The accumulative years of everything that God has blessed you with is wealth beyond all measure. It's not to just be thought of as in money and we'll get here. Listen to this. To one he gave five, to another two, and to another one. Anyway, you slice it, cut it, dice it, these folks has been blessed by their master who's went on a journey. Jesus has went on a journey. I don't care how you slice it, dice it, cut it, you have been blessed. And you are blessed to one he gave five, and, and it goes down to the one, the one who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them and made a profit. Gained five more talents. Likewise, the one who had two made profit and gained two more. But the one who had received the one went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long... What, what do we do with what God has given us? We'll talk about this a little bit more because this ain't over. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. He returns. He's settling up accounts. And the one who had received five talents came and brought him five more talents. Master, you entrusted to me five talents. See, I have made a profit and gained five more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. I will put you in charge of many things. Share in the joy of your master. Also, the one who had received two talents came forward saying, Master, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have made a profit and gained two more talents. His master said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. That, that just messes me up. Five talents, millions of dollars, and it's a little. Listen, what you think is a lot, it ain't nothing to God. But he wants you to be faithful with whatever you got. The one who had received one talent also came forth saying, Master, I knew you to be a harsh and demanding man reaping the harvest where you did not sow or gather where you did not scatter seed. I got to read that again. I knew you to be a harsh and demanding man. You did not sow and gather where you did not scatter seed. We take what God has given us and we're supposed to sow it and scatter it. For his glory. This man absolutely did not fear his master or he had done something with what he had. There's people that God has blessed them with stuff and they don't fear God. And it proves out when they don't give back to God. They don't praise him and they don't give to other people in need. He said, so I was afraid to lose the talent and I went and hid your talent, your stuff in the ground. See, you have what is your, is your sown. See, you have what is your own. I'm just giving you, it's yours. I didn't do nothing with it. Now listen at this. DJ, come. 
But this master answered, you wicked, lazy servant, you knew that I reaped the harvest where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter seed. Then ought you to have put my money with the bankers and at my return, I would have received my money back with interest. Somebody shout, do something with it. But he said, so take the talent away from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. Now here's where it gets real out. For to everyone who has and values his blessings and gifts from God has used them wisely. More will be given and he or she will be richly supplied so that he will have an abundance from, but from the ones who do not have because he has ignored or disregarded his blessings and gifts from God. It's more than money, but it's about money. It's about everything that God gives you. Even that that he seems to have will be taken away. This gets real serious. And throw out the worthless. All of a sudden there's a shift in this whole storyline. Throw out the worthless servant into outer darkness. A natural man cannot throw a servant into darkness. It says, and throw out the worthless servant in outer darkness in the place of grief and tor torment. There will be weeping over sorrow, sorrow and pain and grinding of teeth over distress and anger. How do you keep your blessing? Do something. Stand with me. How do you keep your blessing? Praise the Lord. Bless Him. Give Him praise from your mouth. Give Him glory. But also take the things that God has given you and bless Him and bless people. Sow seed. Finally, It's important. This is the last thing I'll say about this Living the Dream series, I believe. It's important if you're going to keep living the dream and the ultimate dream of living it out eternally in heaven. It all has to do whether you're living the dream now. Your best life. Are you living your best life? You're not if it doesn't include God. If you're not willing to forsake everything and follow Jesus. Listen, church, help me just for a minute. I read the stories of Jesus. I read the Gospels. And He would say to somebody, if you're going to follow me, take up your cross. And follow me. Sell all you have. Sell out to yourself and your selfishness. And follow me. A follower is a disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm going to make a bold statement today. If you're not a disciple, you're not saved. I get so messed up and I've been so messed up with some of the teaching over the years. People say I'm saved. Well, are you a disciple? Because if you're saved, that means you've decided to follow Jesus.
I want to know if I'm talking to anybody that's decided to follow Jesus. Live under the kingdom of God's rule and not the rule of this world. And not me, myself, being the king and set upon my own heart as I am the king of my heart. No, I am just a steward of the God of heaven who is, has his son Jesus, who is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And one day he's coming back. And when he comes back, I'm riding on a white horse with him. And I've come to do God's business. But now I'll do business right here in the now I want you to just right, right where you stand to get ready to prepare your heart to seek the Lord I don't want to finish this series without an altar I want you to think about this Lord woke me up in the middle of the night. And he said, Go read in my word. Go back to the book of Genesis and read it. And immediately I was thinking, and he said, This, wherever I showed up, they built an altar. Can I tell you when God shows up? Yeah, I want you to. You want to praise Him. But you'll build a place of sacrifice. You'll humble your heart. And the Old Testament is one thing, but the New Testament is, is you're a living sacrifice. And you'll put yourself on the altar and say, it's all about you, God. And I present my body as a living sacrifice. Stay with me just for a minute. I'm about done. But can I tell you that our altars are empty today in our churches because we've been talked out of it. And people said there's no place for the altar. I don't read of any place in the, in, in, where there was altars. Can I tell you there was altars? And people say, well, I'm tired of tradition. Can I tell you that steeple on the outside doesn't make this a church? And you living back there doesn't make it a church or coming here. But what makes it a church is people that understands that what the steeple means and what the building means and what the altar means, that's what makes us different. you have felt the presence of God and God dealing with you and you've encountered Him, be like Abraham and build an altar. Be like Jacob and build an altar. Be like Moses and build an altar. Would you come right now and build an altar as you have prepared your heart? Think about this Living the Dream series. If you've just come today or if you've been to every one of them, think about what it means to live the dream and be blessed. Come all over the house. Come. Make a commitment to God. We pray that you were blessed by this message. For more information about Bardstown Church of God, please visit us online at bardstowncog.com. Have a great week.